What is up, my friend? Welcome to episode number 26. And I think you're gonna get a lot out of this episode because it's a coaching conversation with a business and marketing coach named Miranda Webb. She's out of Canada. And inside my Shift community, it's a free community to help coaches and course creators increase their impact and their income. I asked like, hey, is there anybody who would be open to doing a hot seat? And Miranda was one of the people who raised her hand and volunteered. Now, she was looking for the answer on how to best price her online course and her coaching program. And you know what I didn't know when we entered into that conversation was how many limiting beliefs were actually holding her back from owning her power and pricing her course and really moving forward really powerfully. So during this episode, it's going to be a little different because you're going to be able to listen in on that coaching conversation. And maybe my hope is, is that you're going to find your own breakthrough when it comes to, you know, pricing your online courses or your coaching programs or your services. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Anthony John Amex podcast, helping entrepreneurs break through to new levels of peace, power and profit. Prepare to open your mind to the proven tactics and strategies the world's leading intellects have used to avoid a stagnant career and achieve a life of freedom, purpose, and success. It's time to increase your levels of power with your host, Anthony John Amex. All right, well, welcome back. Now, I don't know if you've had the chance yet or not, but I actually created a free community full of coaches and course creators who are committed to increasing their income, impact, and influence. And in that community, each week, I'm sharing content on what really moves the needle for coaches and course creators, and it's not always the latest and greatest tactics or tools. It's actually the being piece, shifting who they're being at their core, and then, of course, going and executing on some of those tactics and tools, and we'll really talk about that. So if you're a coach or a course creator who really feels stalled out when it comes to growing your business and finding peace and meaning in this whole crazy world of building an online empire, I highly encourage you go to www.ajamix.com community and join the Epic community now. It's absolutely 100% free and it's full of wonderful and amazing people. Again, just go to www.ajamix.com community to join now. Now, before I hop into this coaching conversation with Miranda, I want you to know a couple of things. First of all, Miranda said it was like totally okay to share her coaching conversation because this was a hot seat that we did live together inside the Shift community. So she's totally cool with that. So there are like so many people who joined us live to listen in on that hot seat. Now, second thing, this episode is going to give you insights into online course pricing and selling an online course. So I really want you to keep that in mind. And thirdly, Normally when people are struggling with like this whole thing about pricing, their real answer pretty much has nothing to do with pricing. It's usually this deeper rooted issue or this limiting belief that's keeping people from charging, you know, the value that they're bringing to the marketplace. So you're going to start seeing that within this hot seat with Miranda. And my, my hope is that you'll start seeing like some of this and how it's relevant to you. And maybe it unlocks a new level of like freedom and pricing and all the good stuff in your life. So with that being said, let's jump into the hot seat with Miranda Webb. Miranda, what's up? How are you doing? Awesome. How about you? Man, I'm fantastic. 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 So on these hot seats, we're going to go with uh, just kind of diving straight in. And I know that you're going to be representing uh, a lot of other people's questions. Uh, this kind of tends to be how these things work. It's kind of the, the crazy fun thing about this. So with that being said, what specifically um, you want to walk away with from today's hot seat? So I would love to tackle, um, I have a new coaching program that I am launching in the new year. And I um, work with entrepreneurs, service-based entrepreneurs in particular, uh, to help them diagnose and design and implement the systems that will get them on track to double or triple the revenue within 12 months. Mm. 
Nice. Because that revenue is the fuel that helps them not only create the business of their dreams, but also fund the lifestyle that they really like to be able to live. And I base that on four pillars. So I'm offering several options. So two in particular, thinking of a third. However, my hang up often in creating something that I am launching is pricing. And I spend a lot of time consulting with either my mentors, experts in the field, as well as reaching out to people in my in my sphere and really recognizing who I really want this to be for. So those service-based professionals who are just starting or who are probably in that just coming on six figures or maybe have plateaued at that $250,000 to $500,000 per year mark. And uh, as a service-based professional, those are the people that I feel could benefit most from this program, but I want to make it really, um, I want to get the information out to that group so that they want to get it, especially around the four pillars. There's additional options to have that sounding board and one-on-one support and join a group, but how to price it always gets me where I end up spinning my wheels, trying to think about different scenarios, value. And so what I really like to hone in on today is where that comes from, how to change my own mindset, uh, which I struggle with so that I can make that decision and move forward so that I can be of service to people. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. So you have, you said two offers, three offers. Um, Are you completely like full on your other offers that you currently have and you're wanting to add more to be able to serve more people? Or are you at a place where you want to have more clients? So therefore you believe if you have more offers, you have more clients. So the latter. So it's definitely about being full in terms of one-on-one support with options for 2020. So I typically work for clients in 90-day increments. So going into 2020, what I'd like to do is be of service. When I first started my company, this is going back 20 years ago, I wanted and just feeling the opportunity to be able to create what you want in your life and do something. I feel like we're all, I believe we're all called to build something that's going to have an impact. And if you can do that in a way that creates the income and freedom that you desire, that's, 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 that's the goal. That's the vision for what I want to do. So working one-on-one, I can only work with so many people. So what I have created with this program is an opportunity to do it DIY during like for an online course. Pricing that is one, definitely probably one of the challenge, the great challenges that I have. Pricing my one-on-one work, because that's what I've specialized in for 20 years, going sure. into larger scale companies or working with small businesses is easier because I have so much experience in that area. But what I found is those that cannot um, at the moment, be have the cash flow to be able to work one-on-one with someone like myself or another business coach or a program, I wanted to be able to give them these four pillars that they really could use to be able to create the results they want. So okay. if in, they went through saying like, yeah, those are the two. And if they went through the course, what would the results, would they still be doubling and tripling their income? Exactly. Although um, I think that, so yeah, too, yes, that's the goal for sure. Um, so, and then the option is to where to add things on. So how to create this product in a way that is priced so that people can follow it. And we've already, I've already created online videos and created an opportunity to connect with me one-on-one. 
So if you're doubling their income, what is the average kind of income uh, of the target market that would come into the program? So I would say 80 to 100,000 per awesome. year. Yeah. So that's what they, that's the results they'd get or that's where they're at currently and then you're going to double that to get them to like 150, 160. That's where they're at. Yeah, and then I'll be doubling that to get them to Awesome. Not so, startups would not be a great fit because I do know from being a startup business how valuable it would have been to have had these four pillars. And that's probably where my hangup is in pricing. Because if you're a startup, I know how challenging that is. And I know what that feels like. Mm. And so I am wanting to serve that market, but knowing the greatest value and what I can create is in that market that has that income or at least means to be able to invest in their business to create these four pillars so that they can go to the next level and double their income. Did their bullshit money stories have to be your bullshit money stories? Well, no, but that's often the challenge that I find that I feel and definitely resonate with and want to minimize the cost to be able to facilitate that. But that's not necessarily realistic to be able to deliver what I want to be able to deliver. And so it's that double-edged sword of being able to so what would, it, what would it be like if you chose to stop trying to save people and you valued your time and you valued your genius and the price is the fucking price is the fucking price. And if you do the work, I'm going to get your results, but the price is the fucking price. Yeah. I mean that it, it scares me like only because I want to be of service. And so I guess the, probably the biggest challenge for me is feeling out of alignment with my purpose is if mm. I don't allow everybody in Am I not serving the greater purpose of what I came here to do, which is leaving the financial world and leaving the world that I that I was on track to create years and years ago to doing this? If I can't offer it to the people who can't potentially find the means at the moment to be able to create it, have I failed? That's probably the number one question that I struggle with. Mm. So you've invested in your business before, yes? Yes, and Were you upset that people said, hey, this is the price? Do you want in or out? No. <laughs> <laughs> so why was that okay for you, but it's not okay for you to hold um, like a standard that you're allowing your community to play at? I think because I'm constantly questioning whether I'm enough. Yep. And so when will you be enough, Miranda? I don't know. <laughs> so that's, I mean, that is like the constant Thing that I'm already working on and have processed and um, I've done a lot of work on that. So I know intuitively what that means yep. and know how important it is. And I teach my own clients and I've lived it. So I have yep. charged and I have made, you know, six figures going yep. on seven figures for businesses. This is not something I haven't done. Yep. That challenge of how do I do that and be of service to the greater good? And so, find that balance. How can, rather than looking out there to be of service to the greater good, how can you be of service to yourself? By setting that number and just saying the number is the number. And it just doesn't matter what anything else. It doesn't matter about anything else. That's it. It is what it is. It doesn't. So, on a scale of one to 10, one being, um, one being not at all, 10 being a lot. How often are you looking out there, meaning to the marketplace, to the greater good, to validate your worthiness? Daily. Yeah. Yeah. Why? 
Um, I, I, well, I think there's like a number of psychological issues. Yeah, mindset issues that come up around that that I probably need to work on continuously. Um, as I think I'm not alone in that. Where, no, no, you're not alone at all. Not at all. Um, so I think that that idea of one of the things that I teach is checking in with the market you want to serve. And sometimes the market that I want to serve doesn't necessarily know that value. If you're making a hundred thousand dollars and we can create a system in three months that can take you to 300,000, 500,000 or more then spending $10,000 on a program or even $30,000 on a program is not a stretch. It's just not. Yep. But getting into that, my fear is I want the, I, I feel the feelings and the fear of the people who are on that fence who haven't been there yet and who are on that track. And so I want to help them on the climb and I want to facilitate the climb. And so I have to remove myself from doing the work for them to be the coach and allow them to go through that. Sometimes it is pain and suffering in order to get through whatever mindset, beliefs, work that has to happen to get there, which might mean a lot of changes that are uncomfortable. Yeah. And so I find I often fall back into not necessarily wanting to facilitate it for them or do the work for them, but certainly allow that process to evolve to a point where I feel that responsibility and I'm concerned that if I price it too high, that I am not allowing them access and I wanted it to be accessible. Okay. So I think it's really changing my framework around what means, what, what accessible means. 100%. So do you believe it's serving them to meet them and their victim consciousness and their bullshit stories? Cause that's what's happening right now. Like you have a line, you see everything of like, Hey, this is the results it's going to get you. They then show up with their stories you probably being an empath and probably having an open emotional center. I know I have older human design, but I bet you do. You then feel their emotion and you probably amplify it times a thousand. I'm anywhere close. Yes. Right. And then you're like, oh, fuck, this is uncomfortable. Oh, let's let me go. Fuck, what are we going to do? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Times 10. <laughs> right. I get it. Yeah. So until you can draw a line in the sand, and stop looking at your value, your worth, your joy, your happiness, your sense of freedom, your sense of security, your sense of confidence and certainty where you're able to source it here, where regardless if somebody shows up in, in like money stories, uh, poor me stories, like until you can learn to hold space for their potential and allow them to rise up to meet you there, mm -hmm. you're just going to spin in this loop. Yeah. Do you see it. this? I do totally. So that's what I read about. That's what I invest in, in that yep. work. Yep. So my question is, is there something I'm missing around a daily practice or for habit? you? For yeah. you? It's a decision. Yeah. It's a decision to be okay with, I don't know how they're going to take me. I don't know if they're going to reject me. I don't know if they're going to think I'm a bitch. I don't know if they're going to like, hate me, talk shit about me, troll me. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because your intention is showing up from pure service. Now, one of the things that I've learned in this game is like there's a universal law of being. It states that the world would give us exactly that which we are at our core. So if we're trying to create an offering, and you know, we haven't got to pricing, but we got to deal with this stuff before we can get to numbers. 
if we're coming from a place of like, well, if they give me feedback and they don't allow, then, uh, well, then the world's just going to give us more opportunities to have like more convolution, more confusion and people testing us rather than we have an internal fortitude, both the mental thought and a feeling. This is the price. This is the worth because I created this amazing program. I know if you show up and you do the work, like it's going to get your results. Mm-hmm. So this is the value. Yes. So do you, do you want to play? Do you not want to play? And that really becomes from a decision. And if you allow yourself to step into the threshold of that very uncomfortable feeling for you, but it does become a decision, you'll start building on that. It's no different than going to the gym, right? Like if we haven't worked out for a while, you go to the gym and you lift weights, what happens the day after and definitely two days after you lift? You're super sore. You're super sore. Right. And you may or may not want to go back. Yeah. And you probably don't want to go back unless you have a big why. Or you have excuses as to why you can't go back. A story right. you keep eating on a loop, right. which is the story I keep telling myself. Exactly. So how do you push through the threshold of pain when you push weights? If we're committed to, you know, being healthy or getting a certain physique, what do we do? The pain's there. So what do we do? Well, I pushed through. And so that's interesting because that's my MO since long ago in terms of survival, even going into childhood based on those long-term experiences that if you have to survive a very difficult situation, you just push through. And that has often always been in every case what I've done. So part of maybe the confusion that I get stuck on is why is it so hard to do that here in this moment, in this time? Okay, let's let's dig deeper. Threshold is probably that area that I get stuck in the most. When you've pushed through in the past, did you push through so often that you burned out and ended up having some like shitty experiences? Yes or no? Nope. I no? actually accelerate okay. the whole new Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So it's not it's not that because for me, I can I've pushed push through push through, and if not if I'm not careful, I'll totally burn out. And so I have to do this dance between knowing what is force and what's power and and knowing when to push and when to pull, right? Yeah. So for you, it sounds like you've pushed through and, and it served you. No problems. Okay, cool. So that's not going to be the problem. If you push through and you excel, do you feel like you would leave anybody behind? Yes, that's probably the problem. In the past, I haven't had that when I've had those moments of pushing through. But in business, I do because I have a family. So mm-hmm. with my two boys and my husband, who I adore, I find if I were to push through and push at that level, my fear is leaving them behind or missing out on this small window of opportunity I have to be the mom I want to be and be the Mm. wife I want to be during this transition. And we have had some life or death situations with our youngest son. And I feel like that weighs heavily on my meaning. I want to make the best at it, which I already know from past experience, but having gone through that with a child, when you are faced with the with the option of losing your child to an illness, you question everything and everything becomes that much more, um, it becomes that much more important to make the best out of each and every day and to yep. see the opportunities that are around you. Having said that though, I also believe that in order to do that, still being of service and being a model to my kids is, was one of the whole purposes of becoming a mom. Sure. And so I do feel the, the rub between being a mom 
and being a model of what I want to be able to create to be of service in the world. And I can't only be of service to two humans, my two kids or my family and make the difference I want to make and also demonstrate what it looks like to do that for more people. Mm. I think that that is part of that challenge of, again, questioning worth and time. And when you price yourself or you're pricing a product or a service, how much time you can give to that. And so I think there are some beliefs based on having to give it all and go so far into um, immersing myself completely in my clients' businesses and really supporting them and being successful and understanding that it's okay to set boundaries and create gaps so that I can be healthy too and live, be sustainable and be profitable. Not that I'm not, but you know, it's, it's that idea that if I am not pushing so hard, somehow I'll be judged by not giving enough there because I took that back seat, which is why I got into business to begin with was to create the lifestyle you love. Mm. So I seem to be wrestling in between those two realities of having it all and and being in an and with. Awesome. So So you're like, if I'm hearing you correctly, it's either you're currently seeing that either or I either thrive in business Mm -hmm. and don't thrive as being a mom or I thrive being a mom, but I don't thrive in business, right? Yes. Okay. How could it be? And also where I thrive in business and I also thrive as a mom. Is that a potentiality? Well, charging what I'm worth and pricing this new program at what I want. Yeah. What I know is it's worth and being trusting that I'm, I am being of service to that group of people that I can really help and knowing that that I can't help. We'll find the service and not, you know, really checking my own ego in, in terms of if they want to join and they can't, it just is not a good fit. And so that there are, is something else out there that will be of service to them. Exactly. What would it look like if you, if you did that, if you charged what you're worth, you marketed your ass off, but you set boundaries and what would those boundaries be that would allow you to live um, your version of being the mom that you see and feel yourself to be? Is it not working weekends? Is it working um, up to a certain hour a day, whatever that hour is, doesn't matter. What, what is that for you? What is that vision of both working for you? Yeah, so it's definitely structure. It's facilitating being able to be a, yeah, it's facilitating structure. So it's being able to facilitate a very specific schedule during the week based on needs for both of my kids. And then also no weekends. So no texting, no messaging, no working on the weekends, which I have often leaned into in order to make up for time I feel like we need to do in the, during the week, which is often based on we have timelines, but those things often are changed based on so many different parameters, not just mine, but clients as well. And so being open to being flexible with those and giving some grace and space for those. What would it be like for you to then be the one who goes first to lead your clients? Here's what I mean by that. You have deadlines set for whatever the project consists of. You're leading them and they're like, hey, it's going to be done on Friday. Well, Friday comes and we're really Thursday even comes for being proactive. We're like, fuck, we're not going to hit the deadlines. Now, if we have a worthiness piece where we're like, fuck, I'm not worthy. They're, they're going to leave if I don't hit the deadline. They're not going to see my value because that's probably going to come up. I know it has for me in the past personally. And this yeah. was very, 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 very counterintuitive uh, for me um, uh, to do this. But um, for me, I had to get to a place where I had to flip this little switch in my brain where I had to make a decision uh, that was, um, I can't care. It's not that I don't care. I have to choose this. I have to let you know that I can't care because I care so much that I'm actually like 
damaging me and my family, right? So yeah, I get to draw, draw a line really in the sand, right? So, so I got to lead. How do, how do we do it? Well, you lead. So on Thursday, when you're like, fuck, we're not going to hit the deadline, you pick up the phone and you call the client or you do Voxer, whatever, however you're connected to them or an email, and you just resolve the conflict. And oftentimes the conflict is within you, not in with the client. And you can use a framework um, that I use called CPR, Context Possibility Resolution. No blame and shame in CPR pure power. So it'd be like, hey, client, here's the context. Um, we had an agreement that we would be done on Friday. Uh, man, this went, this change, this change, this change. I'm already seeing there's no possible way uh, for us to be done by Friday. Um, in order to um, get this done by the end of the week, there's two possibilities. Possibility A is I work through the weekends. I have this plan with my, my uh, husband and this plan with my sons I've already committed to. And then I have possibility number B, which is let's push the deadline to Tuesday. I really would prefer Tuesday to put, you know, option B, pushing the deadline to Tuesday so I can honor my commitments with the family. How can you and I work together to find a solution? I would like to do possibility B. Are you open to that? Yeah, brilliant. And then you sit in the pocket. And every single time I've done this, and I've done this in some pretty hairy conversations. Yeah. Every single time the client comes back and they're like, dude, that took balls. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah, Tuesday's no problem. Yeah. And they have more trust and more respect for me, and I retain the client longer. Makes total sense. I'm I get got it. <laughs> and it comes back to law of the universe, law of being. If I don't respect my time and my boundaries, how in the fuck can I expect my clients to respect my time and boundaries? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so the thing about agreements is they can always be changed. That doesn't mean we move them. Like if it's a if it's a win for us to move the agreement and a loss for the client, that's still going to be rooted in drama. A, a lose for them and a win for us is not a win-win for both parties. Like I'm only committed to win-wins. So anytime there's conflict, even in me, I've done this with a client before. He was actually in Canada in Toronto. Uh, they had me on retainer, paying a grand a month. Uh, they they weren't using their calls with me, and so I picked up I picked up the phone. I called the guy, and I was like, "Yo, man, um, we haven't connected this this week, and you guys have paid me, and I'm just letting you know I'm feeling a little bit of guilt, a little bit of shame. Like I've reached out, and uh, I just you guys haven't reached back out, and I'm I'm happy to receive your money, right? But I also would like to make sure you guys are good, and, and we're helping move the ball forward. Um, you know, how can we work together to resolve this, man? He responded back, dude. We're totally good. No reason to feel guilty or shameful. Like you're fucking on it all the time. Thank you so so much for just like caring about us. I like to know that you're just there if I need you. We're good. Okay. Excellent. What a good example. That's right. Awesome. And I've had those examples as well. That's why I think I struggle so much with why it still comes up so hard and fast when those moments come up, whether that's clients that uh, require that follow-up or setting those boundaries. So as a family, even I found I made myself available. So my husband and I used to teach snowboarding before we had kids and, um, just based on some health issues with our youngest and we never started snowboarding again. And so one of the boundary issues, so I think it's also about creating those spaces in yep. life where, you know, weekends are now we're on the mountain, so you can't reach me. So we have to then make sure that we're setting that up in advance as a boundary so that 
people know. Yeah. People I won't yeah. get back to you on Monday. That's just not going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, it, and it's not a ma- and it's not even open to negotiation. And so even if you're working with a client, if you will set the rules of the game up front, they play by your rules. It's your yeah. game. It's your business. They play by your rules. If they don't like your rules in your game, go work with somebody else. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's your game, your life. These things, it's so simple in context, but implementing is a different story. So Agreed. So let's get into this a little bit. For me, I always feel fear when there's conflict. And the reason being usually goes back to my childhood. Anytime there was conflict with my father, if I, I couldn't speak, um, speak back, not like in a disrespectful way, it was just like his way or the highway. And if I didn't abide by his way, then there was going to be consequences, right? So there's, there's this little boy in me. Anytime there's conflict, it's like, oh, if I share my voice, am I going to be heard? Am I going to be seen? I don't know. Are they going to accept me? Am I not good enough if I don't over deliver? Because that's the only way I got love and acceptance growing up, right? Very yeah. aware of this. But the only way, coming right back to where we started in the in the weight room, I feel the pain. Yeah. What what am I committed to? Fucking boundaries and respecting and loving myself. Period. Yeah. And if somebody doesn't want to abide by that value of mine, get the fuck out. Yeah. You're not the person I want to work with. Now, I've never had that happen where somebody's like, fuck you, I can't believe it. It's never happened because I set the rules up front. And I always lead with integrity as much as humanly possible. So that means I always go first. If I'm feeling some fear, I'll speak to the fear. If I'm feeling some guilt or shame, I'll speak to the guilt or shame. Like I'm totally okay of being like vulnerable with somebody to resolve it, to find a win-win as humanly, like as fast as humanly possible. Is this making sense? Total. Yeah. And it's same. I, 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 I appreciate it because it's the same story and, same experience that I've been through. That's why when it still comes up over and over again, not feeling alone in it, knowing that that still is going to happen. And it may be there for a long time, if not forever. Maybe forever. Moving through it and allowing it to be there and accepting it and just creating those practices that are going to help me move through it without, without reverting back to being small, being unseen, or shrinking as a result of it. So I've learned from me, currently, it's always been there, but here's the good news, Miranda. The time that I'm in the the feeling, the uncomfortable feelings of the fear, they get shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. So what used to me, may have to take like a day or I do the conversation, I'm still like on edge for two or three days. Like now, like I'm fine, like. Maybe on edge for 15 minutes. Like last, was it last year? This year? It was this year. I had a pretty intense conversation with a CEO of one of the companies that we're helping. Um, and it was super intense. And yeah, I had to give myself permission to number one, feel the anger that I was feeling. So I like went outside and got in the car and drove and put on my rock music and was like, fuck. Like just <laughs> give myself permission to release my anger. And then yeah. I used another shift move that I learned from Byron Katie using the work to then learning how to find what of that, like I took my time to judge the fuck out of that individual, right? Gave myself space to unapologetically judge. So then I can see, all right, I'm pointing the finger. What of this is mine? Oh, that's mine. Okay, I can do that. Now, let me take this into a CPR conversation, compose that email, 
sleep on it, wake up and be like, yep, still good. It's a place of power. I'm not in here and blame or shame. I'm getting to a resolution. Send, oh God. And then five minutes later, he's like, dude, thank you so much. This is perfect. Yeah, let's go with option C. Yeah, totally get it. And I love that you share that because I think that's where the shift work is so important and it's recurring and it's not, it's never ending. Like I think it's a requirement daily, day in, day out, sharing those stories of the fact that you have to get in your car, <laughs> blast rock music, swear your ass off, whatever it takes, right? And be able yeah. to get yeah. And knowing that you're not alone. So being part of that community or um, group that you've already created. So I'm grateful for that. Thank you. Awesome. So I can feel the shift in your energy currently right now around uh, a lot of the fear and the reservations of you leaving people behind. Um, do you feel that as well? Absolutely. Awesome. So how could you create both? Like if you price this thing uh, to create both, what would the price be? So originally I wanted to make it an entry level based on four modules starting at 275 US. Okay. Sure. And that felt like a DIY. That was a great option. Yeah. And, and really? you added because I, I, I ran four pillars. One is clarity. So that's really knowing what your vision is. That's your strategic plan. That's really getting a handle on your business model, knowing that. And so I found with some entrepreneurs, they just got into it for whatever reason without necessarily thinking it through or having a plan or really knowing what their model is. Of course. A great module for those individuals. And then there is the finance model of really mastering your finances. So having those processes in place where bookkeeping and accounting and understanding what your numbers are and being able to analyze the results isn't sure. a challenge. You can use that on a monthly or quarterly basis based on the size of your business. And then the two um, at the top on the top level would be marketing and sales. And so depending on where you're at and marketing or sales are separate. So I'm definitely of the philosophy that they, those need to be separate. Your lead generation tools and really understanding are uh, the foundation is being clear on what you offer and who you're offering it to. And then that foundation is what, to, what can you do to spread that message and then putting the systems in place to do it. And then the sales and the funnels and converting those leads into closing them and then the aftermarket service that creates either additional revenue opportunities among existing clients or customers or um, referrals from those customers. And then that cycle continues. If those four pillars are in place, I know entrepreneurs can double their revenue. Awesome. And it's in those four pillars where there's a gap. But underneath that, the sand is the shift. That's why I love what you um, are doing and that mindset and knowing that that's where people get stuck. It's and then everything is shifting underneath, and we're not sure why it's not working. Of course. And because that's not clear, and we don't have those clear boundaries, or we're not working on that mindset consistently, we don't have a sounding board. Then all of these other pieces start to wobble, yeah. or we have gaps, or there's big gaps, or there's problems that come up. And then beyond that, you can build your team, you can scale, you can do all of those things. But if those four things are not solid, then it's, it is a problem and it shows up either in revenue or it shows up in stress and it shows up for that owner that's wanting to create something, but, you know, hitting their head against the wall, trying to get it done. So what if you just simplified the game where you just had a course and maybe it was like a full pay of $2,500 US dollars or yep. three payments of $1,000, right? Yep. Option one or option two is they just work with you directly and that price is whatever that price is. 
yeah, and that so that price working with me directly was is uh, twelve thousand, so it's a thousand dollars a month. Right. The, the price when I it was the just breaking them out into groups, I reduced it down to two two seventy five, and that's why I reached out in terms of being in the hot seat because I'm wondering why I'm doing that, and that's that. That's a big gap, but the value of what we're providing in that course and all of the tools, templates, and guidance and one on one support for that definitely are worth it. Guaranteed um, to be worth it. So, yeah. Um, so I like your idea of that. But the, when, as soon as you said over a thousand, I go into, well, what if they can't pay that? Well, what if that's not enough? And what if they have this really important mission or purpose that they want to be able to create change in an industry? And we could help them get there by providing this. And money is the obstacle. And so I know intuitively that the, the answer to that is then there are certain things that they need to do to put in place to be able to make that and value that as the top priority in order to even get from it. Yeah. And this is where your free content comes into play because they can consume your free content and they can go execute their ass off and they can go find the $3,000 to buy the program or the $1,000 a month. Right. Yeah, totally. Like that's it. Otherwise you're going to be stuck in hero energy and if you're stuck in hero energy, all you will do is attract victims constantly because you're creating from drama and drama always reaps drama. Yeah, uh, that's well said. Right. Yeah, so it's like true. instead of being the hero, just be the caring respecter. Somebody's like, well, I don't have a thousand dollars. I don't have the three thousand or the twenty five. Cool, man. I care about you. Um, go to my blog, go to my podcast, go read this book. <laughs> those those <laughs> will help. Those will help you. Uh, but I also, I, I totally respect my value and the program that we put together. And I know for those who choose to invest in that and make that decision, like their lives and their businesses are changed forever. Yeah. So what do you think about creating an entry level point for the startups that is just a piece of the puzzle, like a piece of the pillar around one of those or an entry level that is that under $500 mark? And the only reason I say that is because I did invest in testing and researching and getting feedback from what startups would invest and unanimously like 80% of that feedback that came back. And again, it could be for several other reasons why I got this particular feedback was that making an investment of under $500 was far easier to say yes to. Of course. It's all in general. Then yeah, exactly. So that's, that's the part that then you and I'll get off this call. And that's the part that I get stuck on because I understand that. And it makes sense to me. Like it's logical. And I know what that feels like being in that place. So, but, you know, I invested as a coach going early on, I was paying $2,500 a month plus $10,000 for education plus, you know, yep. plus, plus, right? So on an annual basis, I'd be investing $30,000 into my own investment in terms of development and ongoing uh, uh, professional development and to spend only $3,000, it it seems. So I I understand it. And I guess I just wanted your feedback as well on what you think about current economics and uh, the number of entrepreneurs who are either downsized or need to look for a freelancer or service because I'm focused on service-based entrepreneurs in particular whether there is maybe something there to lowering that price or do I just keep it at where I've, where I know the value is. If I were you, I would probably do like a masterclass. You could do a paid masterclass for 97, $197, probably like 97. Yeah. Um, you know, it could be a two, three hour 
you know, two and a half hour masterclass type thing, a virtual training. Yeah. You could you could market that, you get paid, um, but you're really using it to pretty much position and and set up the the next sell, honestly, for them to come into your signature program. Because it does take the time. You can't create what this is and double. You know, you can't cross check and find the gaps in nope. a couple of hours. That's just not going to happen. No, nope. so. like I just I just did this one of our clients. We did a master class and we charged forty seven dollars. Think they made. I don't know, nine or ten or eleven thousand dollars from the master class, but then they closed like ninety-three thousand off the back end of the master class, selling a okay. forty five hundred dollar ninety day coaching program. Yeah. Okay. Not bad. Makes, I love that. Thank you. <laughs> Not too shabby. Is more like the three thousand dollars or the one on one is the twelve to fifteen thousand dollars, depending on their option. The fifteen is more adding on the I do an annual um, retreat in in um, the Okanagan Valley for those um, clients that want that with their team. And then for the others that can just want to do it online, then it's um, the $12,000 a month. Awesome. The only thing I would just caution you is just watch, watch your, watch the place you're creating from, like really ask yourself, are you creating from a place of hero energy? And as a result, you're trying to go save the marketplace. Cause I guarantee you, if you are, you're going to self-sabotage. You're going to hate your fucking people. Right. Or are you doing it because you're called to go create this $97 thing? Like pay, pay attention to what energy you're creating from. I know it sounds fucking new age and woo-woo. I've just seen it time and time and time again, right? That new age and woo-woo. I think that's like where we're at in terms of where we are even as a society and how things are changing and how we have access to information. So I think we're setting a precedent in some cases of what works and really identifying the value and claiming the value and delivering it. Exactly, esoteric or ideas or theories or things you can get out of a book or a quick three-hour session. Those are things that are, can be helpful on the path, but aren't transformational. There's a big difference between totally. doing the work, and uh, that requires an immersion. That requires a connection. And if yeah. you can't facilitate that part in the program, that's often where I think the online course idea works very well for getting the nuts and bolts, but the implementation piece needs to be there in order to get of course in the deeper work too they're not they're not going to get it unless they're like with you um, at a high so level how do, you, how do you know whether you're in that hero mindset any suggestions there yeah you know if you're creating from worry or fear you're in a hero mindset like well what if they can't pay it that's 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 coming from that's creating from fear and you're going to reap more fear right rather than being like man, I want to serve a thousand or a hundred or however many people startups, man, I think if I made something for $97, man, that's exciting. Like that, that feels good. That feels amazing. Yeah. We could serve so many people with that. That yeah, let's do that. Like that's coming from excitement. That's coming through you. You're not creating the offering because of like, Oh, well, they're not going to buy it or pay for it unless it's lower. Like one's coming, yeah. one's creating from fear. The other one's creating from this place of excitement and courage. Does this make yeah, sense? Yeah, the courage piece is totally at that $3,000 level for the course. And then the one on one work, there's just those two options. I would actually cut the other one out and rather give it away for free to get the on, like to give some pieces and examples of what it would look like. Because at the end of the day, that's what I do well. And that's what I feel like I'm here to do. Yeah. And that's in alignment with those values and that vision. So everything else is fear, fear based yep. and not in alignment. So thank you. Awesome. Yeah. I have a client in Australia. He was selling at, 
five or six thousand dollars for the course and then doing like a group coaching model and like people weren't paying and they're dropping out is churning people and then he had another option which was like twelve thousand dollars they got like you know one-on-one coaching um it was really really good they're all getting results like people would come in making 40 grand a month uh, and 90 of these are making $60,000 a month. Some of them came in, you know, with the new business and they're having, you know, $50,000 a month. Like his system's really, really, really good. He came through our Jonathan and I's uprising adventure that we did in Sydney back in whenever we did that October. Uh, yeah. It was in October. Was it October? Yeah. October. And then um, he was like, Nope, I'm cutting all of this small stuff. And I, it's a fuck yes for me. 12,000 period. And then he's been running a book funnel. And for him, like he's crushing his book funnel. funnel. I have a book and I have my podcast and that's an excellent opportunity just to read it. Like why not just keep it in the book? Like I felt like I had to, in order to launch the book, have this course ready and it's prevented me from publishing it and Mm. need to move forward on that. Yeah. Dude, Ben's, um, maybe I'll bring Ben in one day about his book funnel because he, so here, he, yeah, he's, he's doing awesome with his book funnel, like really good. He's not doing free plus shipping. They just get the book for free. Uh, it's not like, Hey, you get it for sh- like shipping It's like, here, here's the book, but you know, get the book yeah. free. And then he's giving little pieces of videos. He gives them the funnel if they want them. So he has all these upsells and he's yeah. making like $300 on the front end of his book funnel. So he gets paid like 300 and some change for every book that somebody signs up for. Um, yeah. Really? And then the, yeah. And then the workaround uh, for him is he doesn't even go and order a bunch of books and store them. Yeah, uh, He has it on Amazon. He just logs into his back end, buys a publisher copy and ships it right to them. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Ben's wow. a fucking genius. He's doing that awesome. His move. So yeah. if that, I can't wait. I'll be watching to see if that comes up as a, an option to check in on. But sure. he's found that all of a lot of it for him. I'm not saying this is for everybody, but for him, his high-end clients are definitely coming from the book funnel. Um, and he has appointment setters that then reach back out to the people who buy the book and do yeah. super, super, super well. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. So thanks, you rock. You're awesome. Awesome. You have any more questions? You feel complete? I feel very complete. Thank you for the shift. Brilliant. Well, Miranda, thanks so much for hopping on and uh, glad it served you. I'm going to take a question here from Josh and then I'm going to wrap this bad boy up. And okay. um, awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So I just close off now? Yes, ma'am. So there you have it, my friend, Miranda Webb's breakthrough around online course pricing. I hope this episode has served you and I hope this has really helped you start to see what are some of your limiting beliefs that you've created that's keeping you stalled out or stuck. And I also hope this episode has helped you to start shifting any limiting beliefs that are really holding you back and get back into a place of power so you can start creating some momentum in your life and business. So I really want to thank Miranda for her willingness and her courage to have this conversation publicly. That was really, really Super cool of her. And if you want to learn more about Miranda and her business, simply go to www.mirandaweb. That's W-E-B-B, two Bs, so mirandaweb.com. Or you can connect with her on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash mirandaweb, W-E-B-B, co, to C-O, so Miranda Web Co. Now, if you're a big fan of overcoming limiting beliefs and taking back your power to create the life and business you choose, then you can't miss the book I wrote called Mindset is Not Enough. You can get that for free at www.ajamix.com book. And inside that book, I talk about the real reasons that are keeping coaches and course creators from creating the life and business they dream about. And inside that book, you're going to learn the keys that you must leverage if you want to grow and scale your business while finding peace, meaning, and freedom. So head on over to 
ajamex.com slash book to get instant access to that book right now. So thank you so much for being here today and listening to another episode of the Anthony Johnny Mix podcast. Until next time, my friend, I'm out. Peace. That's all for this episode of the Anthony John Amex podcast. But we have plenty more to help you achieve a life of freedom, purpose, and success. Head on over to ajamix.com for exclusive resources, information, and tools to break through to new levels of peace, power, and profit. We look forward to having you back for the next episode of the Anthony John Amex podcast. Bye for now.